and I was launching the fourth version of one of my programs, Money Beautifully. And it was a big launch for me. It was my biggest to date. So I brought in a large sum of money at one time. And it triggered all of these experiences in my life. Like people started cheating me. <laughs> and I saw, I saw a pattern. I always say if something happens more than three times, it's a pattern. And so I realized it was triggering all of these beliefs that as a wealthy woman, I'd be a target or I'd be vulnerable or that it was somehow wrong to have that much money. And so I started manifesting ways to lose it or for people to cheat me. And once I got to the bottom of it and shifted it, it stopped happening. The world stopped mirroring back and we've moved through that. Welcome back to the Balance Boldly podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm Nikita Thigpen, your host and balance and relationship advisor, partnering with you to change the narrative so we can amplify intimacy within and across your relationships and you can have the freedom, flexibility, and confidence to thrive in work life and in love. Woo, honey, can I just say that I am once again filled with so much exuberance and energy today because of all the greatness that the universe has brought together in this moment? Can I just say that? Balance Boldly listeners, for all of you who have been following for a while, you know that we kind of move and ease and flow between these seasonal themes and get really excited. Season 18, just a few weeks ago, was all about seed investments, those investments, those small things that we invest in ourselves and others that produce kind of the most sustainable and profitable harvest. And we talked about everything from wealth investments uh, with Terry Ijoma through loving yourself and, and self-love and self-care and how you can raise your vibration. We did it all. Well, it was a perfect bridge to season 19 that we've been doing for a few weeks thus far, all about love and not being in this space of or, not feeling like you can't have everything that you deserve and you are worthy of and you are destined to have. It's and, being a creative and a beast in the boardroom, being a magical person and a spiritual person, being someone who can take over the world and manage their family and enjoy their loved ones at the same time, having an amazing love life and a successful career, right? Like all the ands, like living and standing and breathing and f being fulfilled in that, in that space altogether. That's what this season is about. So I hope that it's been nourishing and serving to you thus far as it has me. I love the women and those few brave men that we're able to bring to you as guest experts that are sharing their organic and authentic story. And this will not be any different, okay? But it will be amazing. I am bringing you today, Polly Alexandra. Overcame, overcoming decades of self-limiting beliefs, this certified master coach with a BA in honors and psychology, you know, a woman after my own heart, she has broke through all of her own negative patterns about money to live the life she wants and was always meant to live. Polly started her entrepreneurial journey as a photographer, but now helps creative and spiritual entrepreneurs get the resources they need so they can live the life they've always dreamed of. And look, and let's highlight that and give their greatest gifts to the world. People flock to Polly from everywhere in the world for her effervescent inspiration, her compassionate presence, and her superpower intuitive skills. 
I am so grateful to have this woman with us. She is a boatload of energy and such joy shines on her face. I wish you guys could see what I see. Polly, welcome to the Balance Bowly Podcast. How are you today? Nikita, hello. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. Yes, absolutely. You know, I am excited to have you. You know, I told you I was doing some professional stalking. (laughs) (laughs) And you have such an incredible background. I would love for you to just take a moment and share with people how you're serving in the world. Yeah, I think it's a it's a always evolving um yeah um peace how I serve in the world really Um, it started um with wanting to follow my passions that was I transitioned from corporate in my 20s and I just knew deep down that it was possible to do what you love and earn a good living I just sort of knew it was possible Um, didn't see it in my own family so that was my first incarnation was as a photographer and serving through my creativity um, then I transitioned to becoming a coach, um, not through the most pleasant transition, mm-hmm. through losing almost everything in my life and kind of having a forced rebirth, if you like, not one I would ever have chosen. I was very hidden away. And I was telling that story, which I think um, is going to speak to your theme at the moment, that story of like, well, I'm lucky to be doing what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's enough. I can't have lots of money and lots of time and do what I love. There's kind of a sacrifice. So I thought it was as good as it got as a photographer. I thought, well, you know, you're just, you're lucky to be doing what you love. Most people don't. So then I had this rebirth into being a coach. And then later on, I added being a healer as well. So what I really found my superpowers is working with money Mm -hmm. and helping people clear the limiting patterns, um, genetic patterns, family patterns, beliefs, Um, that limit their ability to receive fully in the world and to live in the way that they're aligned to. And that also includes bringing their gifts to the world in a way that really serves other people, but also enables them to step into that unlimited flow of abundance that's available to all of us. Yes, I love that. I'm curious, of course, because, you know, Balance Boldly is definitely from a higher level exactly what you live through, right? You know, just kind of moving from that space of surviving whatever it was that you had to deal with in life, forcing yourself to think that what it is is what it always needs to be, even though that's not what you wanted it to be, and being able to move into that space where you could thrive and have full on joy, not just love what you do, but be in in love what you do. And if you've ever been in any kind of juicy relationship, you know there's a difference, right? Like loving versus being in love with someone. When did it hit you that you were no longer in love with your overall lifestyle, even though in on paper, you probably, you know, looked very successful to other people, you know, who might've been in your circle or your sphere. What was that wake up moment for you where you were like, this this is, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is no longer enough for me. Yeah, it's interesting because I didn't have a moment where I felt that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It felt like it was almost taken away from me. Wow. That's how it kind of manifests for me. Um, and I think it would have been much more empowering had I had that realization and consciously transitioned. But like a lot of sort of spiritual journeys we take um, or personal growth we experience, sometimes it's just forced upon us. 
And we're like, oh my God, where did this come from? And how am I in this situation? Of course, on a soul level, we've chosen it. But on a human level, I was like, what's going on? So I'd moved to my dream island. I thought I'd got my dream job. I'd moved to my dream island. Things were going really well. And then my mother died suddenly. Hmm. Uh, then my father got cancer, got really ill. Um, I literally just got married and then my husband walked out. So I just had this stripping away going on of the relationships in my life. And of course that affected my business. I was in the business of photographing people in love. Right. And so I was so worried what people would think that I was going through a divorce and that I was experiencing these things. So I had to basically dig deep at that time. Um, I still really loved what I did, but I um, had to really work on my own self-worth, my confidence, rebrand, fall back in love with what I was doing. So that was my first iteration with learning to fall back in love. Because I think when we're in a business for a long time, we experience these waves of um, connection with it. You know, we can get bored when we're doing the same thing for too long, even if it's what we want to be doing. Yeah. If we're not evolving and growing, um, creating new things, or um, learning new things in our role, whether it's a job or uh, as an, in our own business, I think that we get bored. So I needed to evolve in that role. Um, so I started doing my mindset work. I rebranded. Um, I fell back in love with it. And then I fulfilled a goal. My goal was to shoot for Martha Stewart in the US and I got the cover of the magazine. Ooh. So that was like a reinvention in my business. Mm -hmm. I fell back in love with it. So that was one thing I thought, oh gosh, when I change my mindset, when I change um, my relationship with money, when I change what I feel I'm capable of, I can actually fall back in love with what I'm doing and yeah. I can elevate it to a new level. But I think to go back to your question, um, that what happened for me was I kind of reached um, all my goals then. That was my big goal I'd held for sort of eight, nine years. Um, and I checked off all my goals in that um, career so it kind of felt like well where do I go from here right it was definitely like more of the same you know and it's a very physical job and I was getting older and I was like wow I don't want to be doing this when I'm like 60 <laughs> hauling the kit around running after the youngsters whilst they're drunk on the dance floor so um yeah so it was just a very um organic thing for me I think when I experienced these difficulties in my relationships and the old way falling away I turned to a coach to help me navigate the space mm -hmm. and get back on track and through that I learned the power of um, coaching ended up on a coaching certification program and ended up being a coach still no unless I am the reluctant coach at this point I still had no intention to change businesses but I had to start coaching to get certified. And what I noticed was the life-changing impact of the work. Mm -hmm. And when I got the feedback from my um, first 10 clients, I thought, oh my gosh, how can I not do this? How can I not do this? This is so powerful and it's so meaningful. And so the two kind of dovetailed together for a while which I think is good when you're starting a new business to have a part-time income yeah. or another source of income. It takes the pressure off. Um, first time around, didn't do that. <laughs> Hugely stressful. <laughs> so um, 
I sort of transitioned the two businesses for a while until this, till the helping people, the serving, it just grew. Yeah. There's just a lot of energy there. And it's like, I was pulled. I was called to mm-hmm. that. I tried, I was kicking and screaming. I tried to resist it and ignore <laughs> it. <laughs> I like, this is not a graceful transition. Those people that say, you know, I always knew I was meant for great things. I always knew I was supposed to serve. I'm like, I did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like the reluctant. I was dragged into it thinking, oh my God, why me? Why does this have to happen to me? But slowly I softened into and embraced the new calling. Yeah. I mean, love is long suffering, right? And this greater love that you didn't even know you wanted, let alone that you need it, was pulling you forth. This love for being able to serve people in a deeper way in a greater way. And obviously there's so much love and beauty and magic to photography, especially when you're able to show emotion and energy and unspoken things that you get to capture. I mean, there's so much that goes into that. Um, My son, one of his many, many uh, gifts is photography. So I resonate with that when you speak of it. And I know that there's a way to fold those captured moments into the work that you do now. Um, So hopefully you're you're folding and infusing that artistry, those skills and that expertise that you took away from that first career, if you will, um, the, you know, kind of first formalized, super invested into career that you have, because it's all a part of our process and our journey, kicking and screaming or not, right? Like I'm, I'm definitely that rebellious child too. That's a whole different podcast, um, <laughs> but I, I was not uh, in ease and flow <laughs> when I, I came to where I am, especially from the trans, um, transformational empowerment speaking, which is really my anointed gift more than anything else. And it kind of leads people naturally and organically to our institute, to our company. But I, I feel exactly how you felt in that moment. And I think a lot of the, the women and, and men that are out there now that are listening to this resonate with your story so much, Polly, because you are not saying like, oh, I just woke up and decided that this is what I'm going to do. And I just did it. And that was just it. You know, like there mm-hmm. was there was journey and there was pain and there was questioning and questioning your questions. And there was wonderment and a little worry, uh, but there was also an investment in guidance, which I think is very powerful for you to stay say, because a lot of people won't admit that every coach needs to be coached period. Right? Like you can't be a trainer that doesn't get training or a teacher that was never taught the same way a therapist should get therapy. Coaches should also be coached. So I love that you said that so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a lifelong learner and I'm always investing in training and coaches and support. Uh, No, I mean, it makes sense. And how powerfully you get to stand before your clients and encourage them to push through those harder parts of their process knowing that you're there to hold sacred space for them and and guide them through it and hold them accountable to it in in whatever program or service that you're offering for them to to be able to do that and be able to mirror like, hey guys, I did this too. I'm not just showing up saying like, I'm like the be all, know all, everything. I also had to push through and continue to at, at each new level that you grow through, there's definitely a new level to to push through right like and I'm sure you still get right coaching today yeah it's interesting so I make these videos so I'm I I, money is one of my biggest spiritual parts I Mm -hmm. feel like my life's development is mirrored through my relationship with money 
And I make videos when I hit a money block and I share uh, with my mastermind, I'm like, this is what's been happening to me lately. And this is what I found. These are the beliefs that are running. And this is what I had to clear to elevate. And I remember it was last year. Um, I like spending time in the US. Mm -hmm. I love the energy of California. I know that's something that we both like. Yes. <laughs> so I was actually, life took me to Beverly Hills. So I was living there for six weeks. And I was launching the fourth version of one of my programs, Money Beautifully. And it was a big launch for me. It was my biggest to date. So I bought in a large sum of money at one time. Mm -hmm. And it triggered all of these experiences in my life. Like people started cheating me. <laughs> people yeah. started not delivering. Even like something like simple, like a restaurant, I'd be overcharged. Mm -hmm. or I'd buy something that wouldn't get delivered. And I saw, I saw a pattern. I always say if something happens more than three times, it's a pattern. Absolutely. You know, once or twice, you can just mark it down as random. We don't need to read something into everything. But three times is a pattern. Mm -hmm. And so I realized it was triggering all of these beliefs that as a wealthy woman, I'd be a target or I'd be vulnerable or that it was somehow wrong to have that much money. It shouldn't come that easily. And so I started manifesting ways to lose it or for people to cheat me. Um, even like the banks were making errors. It was a crazy time. And once I got to the bottom of it and shifted it, it stopped happening. The world stopped mirroring back and we'd moved through that. So I'm constantly using my own experiences um, as a way of teaching and leading. I love that you hit such a powerful point on so many levels with that one. Um, I remember one of my sisters, um, she's actually my best friend since we were 13, but at this point we're like non-blood family, right? Um, she used to tease me all the time when we had um, a, one of our puppies who has since passed away, we would take him to the vet. He had cancer and we were, you know, going for different treatments and different things. And she also has had dogs all her life and all kinds of different dogs and all kinds of things. And she said, Kate, every time you tell me what your vet bill is, I'm telling you, they see you coming. You have it written across your forehead. Take advantage of me. Right. Like my, her bill for the same exact thing would be, I don't know, I'm gonna make up a number, $200. Our bill would be $800. Same vet, someone highly recommended from our circle of pet parents, right? Like our thing. And our bills would always be more. And to your point, which I'm so grateful, Polly, you use that example. I didn't know that I had something stirring in my spirit about my relationship with money and feeling like that if I have it, then I could just give it away or pour it away or it, it doesn't matter. And just all the, that there's so many layers to that. I had no idea. Every time we went to the mechanic for a oil change, for some reason they would find something and it would be this number that would keep coming up. 386, $386, 300. And it didn't matter. Now, Polly, you know, if you go to get a tire, your tire isn't necessarily going to be 386, but they would find five other things wrong <laughs> with our car. <laughs> And we could have wow. just drove it off the lot. It didn't matter. Uh, so we thought it was, okay, well, don't go to this mechanic anymore. Go to a new one. Okay, go to the new one. It's another $400 on top of that. It would be $786. It was this constant thing that kept coming up. And I didn't know for a really long time that there was something inherent that I was projecting out. And I know for a lot of people that don't necessarily understand the relationship with money, I would love if you could take a moment and just share what one of those things is that you did to help not only identify that you were putting this out, 
into the universe and therefore attracting people taking advantage and cheating and, and stealing from you, right? The same way that I was putting this out that, okay, everybody's just going to overcharge me, you know, like this thing that was happening constantly, mm -hmm. but what you did to clear it up. Yeah, I think that the the first thing was being really close to my relationship with money because there's times in my past when I wouldn't have even noticed because I actually wasn't that aware of what was going in and out. Mm -hmm. If I made if I was making good money or a lot of money, I wouldn't really be paying attention to what was going out. You know, I'd be a bit blase. Oh, there's always more where that came from. My ex-partner used to always say, Oh, there's always more. There's always more. You can always make more money. Mm -hmm. So not paying enough attention to my outgoings. But I think it was the awareness um, and just taking the time to sit down and write and going, hold on a minute, and writing out the things. And the more I wrote, the more things came to my head. So it was like a magnet. Once I started to write them out, then I was like, where else is this happening? And I would see other things. And that's when I realized it was a pattern. So I think just really taking time to be in awareness and to be really curious. So if I can take the example you shared, and then I can just share some of the things that could be happening. Of theory. course, yeah. Okay, so the pick, first thing Pick is, on me, Polly, pick on me. <laughs> <laughs> Diagnose you a little. <laughs> and these are all in theory, so I'm not gonna expose you too much. So, but let's say um, we suddenly up-level our income. So you could get a rise at work, you could have um, a big launch, you could sign a, a, you know, a new high paying client, put your rates up. Um, and we, we, we increase the amount of money. So it's more than we're used to having come in. Mm -hmm. If our self-worth is like, whoa, I'm not worth that much, or perhaps it came too easily, we can create ways of losing the money to take us back to that set point we're comfortable at. Mm -hmm. So let's mm -hmm. say we're comfortable at 5K a month or 10K a month. Um, we can, when we make that extra, we can find ways of um, releasing it, shall we say. Yeah. So that could be manifesting additional expenses, tech failures, computer failures. Um, I remember once I dropped my laptop, um, trod on my sunglasses, you know, the washing machine breaks or there's a leak in the roof. One of my clients always manifests leaks in the roof when she gets more money. So we manifest ways for the money to leave. Um, because we don't feel worthy, we feel guilty because it came too easily. Mm. Um, another um, pattern can be playing out in a scenario like that is that um, it, this could be a family piece. So let's say somebody in your family, often parents made investments and got ripped off mm -hmm. or lost money. It could be lost through divorce, lost through inheritance, um, could be through investments, like you loan money to somebody and they never paid it back, or you made an investment or you invested in a scheme and money was lost. That, like money wound, yeah. can be passed down in the family. So there's this unconscious story about people take advantage of me or people rip me off. That is so true on so many levels. I love that you... Um, and I, I'm a true believer in the relationship, especially the psychology between uh, money and relationships. So you're you're hitting so many highlighted points. I know for um, for that time, this was years years ago, probably in uh, 2008 2009. We had just bought a house out in the suburbs where we never said we would move because we are city people. But our uh -huh. kids were, you know, transitioning. They were about to, in a couple of years, they'd be ready for high school. So we had this, I don't know if you're familiar with Philadelphia Poly, but they're, the public schools in Philadelphia are not very well. They're not very good. Um, you can luck up with a good charter um, or you have to pay to play, basically. 
and, mm-hmm. and you're you're paying pretty significantly. And as a clinical social worker, which was my pre- my profession before I became an entrepreneur, you know, I was making like nothing. <laughs> you know, social no. workers make kind of what teachers uh, teachers make, even though you do such significant work in the world. Um, so we were definitely bootstrapped family, and we kind of we had really pressed for the house, but we did feel really lucky. It it wasn't like traditionally easily, you know, it was all of our savings and all that, but it definitely was like, oh my God, I can't believe we got this house. And then as soon as we got the house, everything started happening, right? Like the literally 30 days after moving into the house in March in the United States, in Philadelphia, there was a hail storm. How, where, where does that happen? And all the windows broke out, the roof got messed up. That was $30,000. I mean, it was like on and on and on, like one thing after another. Um, And I do think that there's something very significant to what you said for the the first example you gave of that set point of kind of thinking like we felt really good and really, um, I don't know, I don't want to use the word worthy because I'm not sure if we truly felt that. We just felt like we had did it the right way. Like we saved, we earned, we paid down our debt. You know, we just put so much. We got our credit together because we were young parents. So obviously we made a lot of mistakes with that. Um, We had just done all those things to get it together. And we had a a good amount of savings. I wouldn't say it was like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but we definitely were in a much better place than we had ever been. And I had graduated with my master's degree at that point. I was board certified, like all the things. My husband's career was better. Our kids were doing better. And my youngest has a lot of health issues. Um, She's 19 now, but she definitely had struggled in her year. So we were just feeling a little bit on track, but we also were feeling the resistance of there not being anything for us to fight for in that moment, right? Like we had been fighting a lot, not with each other, but just like fighting to survive so much up until that point. So to be at a place where you feel like, oh, good. You know, I don't, I don't have to check the bank to to put gas in the car. I don't have to check the bank when I go into the supermarket. Like to just know that you feel really good about that. I do think there was some, some calling forth of that place that we were more used to, which was that fight of, well, babe, what's in the kids' big piggy bank so we can get, you know, gas and get $5 <laughs> worth of gas. You know what I mean? Like we weren't in that I space agree. anymore. So I agree with you. There's a totally. lot to that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like your belief, it took a while for your belief system to catch up with like your new situation. Yeah. So initially you manifest according to the old beliefs, mm-hmm. the struggle, you know, the survival, and then it's like, it settles down. Um, something interesting I'd love to share. So when I started discovering the concept of a money mindset and the, and the power of our beliefs on our reality, um, my father is um, in his mid eighties and he random doesn't know what I do really (laughs) which is fine um but he was called to write me a letter and he said you know I don't know how long I'll be around for now and I wanted you to know this and he said um you need to know like how much poverty you come from Mm. and he told me about my grandparents who all died when I was much younger and so they were his parents and he said my my mother he said was one of 13 children and they couldn't even afford a home. So they lived in something that was called the workhouse um, in like Victorian England or early 19th century England. And what they would do is they'd put you to work, but they'd give you a bed to sleep on, they'd give you food and you'd work in exchange for lodging in the Mm. factory. So that's how the family lived. And this is like two generations back for me. 
And so it made me realize like, wow, that's in my DNA. Yeah. That's in my blood. And I've manifest a number of situations in which I've lost homes, mm-hmm. not as dramatic as that, but it made me realize, wow, actually, this is something I've got to work on, believing that I'm worthy and believing that I can have security and safety and abundance because I'm pretty much the first generation yeah. to be bringing in this way of being in my family. Oh, that's such a good point. There's so much truth. Um, both spiritually grounded truth and the reality of that being a, a physical manifestation from your DNA um, genetically. And then there's science that also backs that up. Um, and they don't always catch up with each other, right? But there's a lot of science to the trauma being in your DNA from your family being indentured servants, is, you know, basically um, what that experience is, um, which is very similar to for a lot of African-Americans and the DNA of slavery. Totally. Right. Just read my mind. I was just about to say that. Exactly. um, It's my belief that we've all incarnated as different races, different religions, different Mm -hmm. cultures, different genders um, in our past, that we're actually um, we carry that um, deep wounding of slavery. Mm -hmm. Many people were servants or slaves in various ways. Yes. And even in this lifetime, you can be a slave to your job, to your company, to a relationship. Um, so that disempowerment is a really big theme, I think. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. I'm, you know, I'm like a bobblehead over here, trying not to have my headphones slide off my my, <laughs> my my little bit of tiny curls that I have. But yeah, like you're a thousand percent right. So I have to ask Polly, with all that you do in the world, and you're you're manifesting some great things. You are centered in your spiritual and intuitive gifts, as well as the science that kind of gave you foundation with your bachelor's in psychology, and and obviously your experience as a creative, and then moving kind of forward on your journey by becoming a master master certified coach. With all that you're doing and constantly pouring out in the world. How are you giving yourself permission to pause so you can kind of fill back up and recharge to do the greater work the next day? Yeah, great question. I think I'm still taking this course. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still a student on this one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I have to say, since I sort of entered this new journey where I'm really loving what I'm doing, I'm super passionate. I don't find it that easy um, to pause. I'll be honest, because I have a lot of ideas and I love what I do. Um, I find it incredibly rewarding. So this is something I'm having to learn. And I will say we're recording this interview during the time of the global lockdown. And I think one of the gifts for me from this is actually this opportunity to pause. It's removing all external distractions and saying, okay, come on now. It's time to rest. It's time to take stock and reflect. Um, I think it's believing there's a few beliefs I have to hold to be able to pause. (laughs) The first one is that the money won't completely dry up. Right. (laughs) That's a big entrepreneurial one. Like, oh my God, if I'm not answering emails, I'm not there on social. I'm not like promoting something. Will will my business die? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) That irrational, that survival, primal survival part of all of us. It's like, oh my gosh, if I stop, I won't, will I survive? (laughs) So I've had to learn to shift that belief that my business will be okay. Um, I've had to make myself worthy of rest. Um, There's a really strong work ethic in my family. I grew up being told that if you you work hard, you'll do well. 
Um, and you, that's, that's the way to success is to work hard. So I mirrored that in my first business as a photographer. I worked way too hard, too long hours. I thought it, to be more successful, you just had to work more. So I've had to break that belief. Um, I've had to kind of connect what brings me joy. I'm really like, well, you know, what do you do when you pause? <laughs> what would be pleasurable? Yeah. Um, what do you actually like to do? I've had to learn what a joyful pause is for me. Mm -hmm. um, because that doesn't necessarily mean filling it with things or activities. Exactly. Exactly. And that's definitely a journey I've been on. Um, and the other thing I think is to know that when I'm filled up, um, I can give more to others. Uh, my en when my energy is in a really strong, vibrant place, I serve better and I serve in a higher way and I impact more people. So there is a selfless element and it's not selfish to not be doing anything or be taking time off. It's actually selfless. Yeah, no, I a thousand percent agree with you. Um, I actually redefined the word selfish on purpose because I feel like a lot of people um, unfortunately shame women especially, but you know, a few brave men that will use it when you are taking that time out, that me time for yourself in whatever way you need to, 10 minutes, five minutes, two hours, six weeks, whatever it is that you need to be able to kind of recalibrate yourself, you know, from a a very deep spiritual, soulful, mental, physical, and sometimes financial way to just be able to recalibrate so that you have the the space to recharge. Because sometimes we're just feeling so wacky from all the ambition and all the running and the doing and the being. Um, and and mainly because we're not resolved and we're shamed because of it. So I actually um, literally re changed the conversation around that word selfish. I feel like you should be selfish. If that's what people want to call it and put you in there, and that's what you need to do in order to be a greater servant in the world and to do the selfless work, then go ahead, be selfish. Stop resisting their definitions of what they think they know about you and embrace it. I am selfish. I am a selfish woman. I'm selfish enough to love myself and to fill myself up so that I can do what I'm called to do and do it without regret, right? Because we've all been in that place, Polly, where we feel like, yeah, you'll go to all the birthday parties, all the weddings, all the baby showers, all the things, all, all the networking events. You do it and you're just run dry. And when you show up, you're not fully present. You're thinking about the next thing you did or the thing you didn't get finished or the 5,000 things you have left on your list. And so we're showing up in these places so inauthentically because we think that in order for people to accept us, we need to do what they expect us to do. And I say break those expectations, be a little selfish, take care of you for the purpose of filling up to do more. Now, and if you're trying to just be egotistic and you know, say, screw the world. I don't have any compassion. I don't want to be a part of this life. That's a completely different, you know, that's more sociopathic than anything. But if you want to take that time for yourself as you should, then go ahead and claim it and do it and be completely unapologetic about it because you'll also be able to do the greater work that you're teaching women and men in the world to do is be able to look at those deep roots of what's really going on. What's your story? What's your relationship story? Why are you attracting those same people back into your life? Why are you attracting those same money wounds to come back up in this? Like now I can do the work because I can be still enough to do it. And to your earlier point too, because you've made so many points, Polly, I'm about to just call this the Polly podcast. Um, <laughs> you made a really good point of what joy looks like for you when you pause. 
it's whatever you want it. If you want to have sex for two hours and that's how you get refilled, then so be it. If you want to sit in a pretzel leg, you know, a position and stare at a beautiful photo that you took in your earlier years and kind of reclaim that energy of experience of what was happening for you when you took, if that's your way of meditating and kind of, you know, sitting your mind in a space where you can be quiet enough to to hear what God is trying to share with you, um, then that's what you do. Or if you want to stand outside on a trampoline and jump up and down and play hula hoop, that's okay too. Whatever makes it work for you. I think that that's really powerful to point out like your joy and my joy aren't necessarily mirroring the same thing, but the energy is in in connection with each other if we're actually bringing our vibrations up. It doesn't matter what the tactic is, as long as it's powerful and feeling and fueling, that was the word I was looking for, um, which it sounds like you do a lot of that in your work. And I think that that's beautiful and magical and I honor you for it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love that perspective. You're so awesome. So how can people connect with more of Polly so Polly can pick them apart? (laughs) So um, the best way to experience my work would be to uh, try one of my meditations. So I do energy work in meditation and I've got a really powerful free meditation, which comes with a book that explains about limiting beliefs and where we get them from, um, the different categories. Um, So you can find that at moneybeautifully.com forward slash podcast. And then a social media, I'm mainly an Instagram gal. (laughs) So I'm Polly underscore Alexander. And you can DM me on Instagram as well. And then I think those would be good places to start. That is awesome. All right. I just wrote some of that stuff down because I want to make sure that we add Um, that meditation gift link to the show notes. So for anyone who's on their treadmill right now or cooking and managing the kids or whatever it is that you might be doing in the world, that you're able to still get that information. um, Once you pause what you're doing (laughs) to grab the URLs and the links and make sure you definitely follow and fan Polly. You have been such a gift for our audience today. I thank you for carving out time. I think it's the afternoon for you um, where you are in the world, which is awesome. So thanks again for just making this space to share who you are and how you got here. It's absolutely my pleasure. I love your energy. Thank you for inviting me on and thank you for creating such an interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Balance Bowley listeners, I am so honored as always that you continue to show up and surprise us. Thank you all for all of your DMs, your emails, your, your everything that I've been getting over the last couple of weeks congratulating us for being voted by Feedspot as the number eight of the top 35 podcasts for women in business that you want to follow in 2020. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. That timing is excellent because I was honestly sitting back saying, okay, what can I do to change the conversation for Balance Bowley and make sure that we get access to more people who need these balance tools? And then Feedspot gave us that amazing um 
email and let us know where we were and what we were voted. And I thought, oh, well, okay, let me keep doing what I'm doing and not change anything, right? Um, so to Polly uh, Alexander's point earlier, sometimes it's all in our mind and we just have to be careful of those stories because we might attract exactly what we're you know, bringing up. So I'm grateful that I stayed consistent and showed up for you. And I thank you guys as listeners more than anything for showing up for me too. I don't take it um, as a slight on any level when you're not able to tune in for something. And I also am really grateful when I see that you're listening to the recordings months and months and months after we've already um, sent them out into the world. So thank you for that because it matter. Your downloads matter, people. <laughs> so thank you again. Um, obviously, if you are new to the Balanced Bully podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men, please make sure that you subscribe, rate, and share to help us ensure that the other ambitiously bold and brave have access to these valuable life, love, and business balance tools. You can connect with me at Ask Nikita, uh, just about anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know it. But like Polly, Instagram is my favorite place to play. So feel free to come over there and chat with me. If you're not already a part of our group, uh, we do have a private group on Facebook called Selfish, Get More of What You Want. And you can definitely send me a message so we can include you in there. It's a private group of a little over 100 people. We just started a few weeks ago and we're having the greatest conversations literally Monday through Sunday. So continue the conversation on intimacy and all the things right over there in the group. If you have not picked up your book that just dropped a few weeks ago, then I advise you to do it. The name is Selfish, Permission to Pause, Live, Love, and Laugh Your Way to Joy. It's literally everywhere books are sold, paperback and the ebook version, whatever that is for you, Kindle, Apple, book, iBook, all the things. Um, and it's the most place that people are going are Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and IndieBound. But again, pull it up and you can get it anywhere books are sold. So I thank you for all of the reviews and the comments and the tags. It was definitely a hard book for me to write because it is my story, my complete personal transformation story from beginning to end. And I pray that it gives you everything that you need for hope and victory over your traumas, your tribulations, and allowing you to know that there's triumph on the other side. Until we meet again, continue to go. Create your balance and create your joy, but remember, do it boldly. Mm -hmm.